Hey, all my IFG friends, this is Steve. I want to say, you know, if you like movies like I do, we've started a new podcast called Happy Hour Flicks. Uh, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. It's all about nostalgic movies that we love, and we bring on special guests each episode, and we also have specialty cocktails made for each one, too. So it really is an hour of a good time talking about movies that we love, like Gremlins, uh, Seven, uh, Free Willy. Uh, we talk about The Last Starfighter also. So, I mean, we kind of run the gamut across all the decades and really have a great time. So I wanted to invite you to come over and join us at Happy Hour Flicks, anywhere podcasts are found. And welcome back to the Independent Filmmaker's Guide. Stephen Pierce here again with hey. Mr. James Allardyce. What's up? And today we are looking at um, what we're calling a life-affirming family dramedy like sort of coming of age film. Um, it's, a, it's like a rom-com. So I'm going to call, call it a kind of that romantic comedy with a little bit of substance and character called Sam and Kate directed and written by Darren Legallo and the cast, James, the cast is really interesting in this one. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman playing an older man with his real life, real son. life son, Dustin real Hoffman's son, son, Jake Hoffman plays his son in the movie. Correct. And then Sissy Spacek mm -hmm. and her, your life, life daughter, daughter yeah, yep. playing her daughter in the movie. Yep, so, Skylar Fisk. We're already interested. Yeah, uh, very interesting. I don't know that that's, I've never heard of that actually happening in like, especially not in, a, but not in that two sort of thing, yeah. two, that two sort of handed way, you know. Um, it's a very fun uh, movie. Darren did a great job, I think, making something that's really watchable and enjoyable. Feels very appropriate for the holidays, like Thanksgiving. This is a very Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, perfect holiday movie, and we talked to Darren about, you know, being, this is a, he's a first-time filmmaker here, this is, uh, he was the writer-director, his first movie, he got in there, he made this thing free through post, I mean, he's been working on it for years, and uh, he's writer-director, got down mm -hmm. there, shot it, was involved in the post-production, so. Get to hear how about how it is, you know, making a film with people of that caliber, mm -hmm. Sissy and Dustin, obviously, and uh, yeah, the, the whole production elements. Also shooting in Georgia, we know that's a huge place to film, especially these days, so got to hear a lot about working, uh, you know, with the community and the film commission and how that came about as well. Let's talk to them. This is the, the independent, independent, independent filmmaker's guide from Framework Productions. Framework, Framework Productions. Oh, welcome back. And we are here today with Darren Legallo talking about his movie, Sam and Kate. Uh, it's a romantic comedy just come out. James, here with me as well in the studio. And Darren, it's awesome to get to speak to you. Uh, um, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here, guys. Yeah, man. Well, so, I mean, this is a very exciting movie. Like, you know, whenever we get it, like, rarely an independent film, do you have such great names right above the title? Mm -hmm. That's very exciting. Like, Dustin Hoffman and his son, Jake Hoffman, they play a father-son duo in the film. And so is Sissy Spacek and Skylar Fisk, and they play a mother-daughter duo in the film. Um, before I get out of hand here and totally dig into, you know, want to talk about the cast and the film and everything, can you just is if I'd never seen it before, what what is Sam and Kate about? Uh, well, Sam and Kate is about, uh, so Sam is a, a young kind of aspiring artist who uh, returns back to his the small town he grew up in in the middle of the country to take care of his dad, Bill, uh, after his mom has passed a few years uh, previously. Um, and uh, it's the dynamic of, of then him kind of regressing back into his kind of teenage years as he's there trying to take care of Bill. And then um, on a random uh, Christmas Eve encounter, 
they're basically they're equal. Their their counterparts, uh, Tina and Kate, having car troubles, and they have this chance uh, meeting where they're able to help them and they give them a ride home. Uh, and from that point, the four of them start to realize uh, that they have there's some kind of connected. They feel connected to the other, uh, and through the course of that, they start to realize that um, it, it, it takes other people to truly see ourselves and to, um, you know, to give ourselves a second chance um, in life. And, you know, a lot of people, we, we, we fall in these ruts just being kind of like, well, this is life and this is how it's going to go. And uh, I, I feel like, especially the, the, the parents in the, in the, in the film um, get kind of into the but we all do. And I think it's, it takes other people to see us um, and make us aware that maybe we do have the potential to move beyond what we thought we could um, and, and to break down walls that you know keep us uh, isolated and separated. It's pretty layered, um, but that's kind of a quick nutshell of what the film is about. Absolutely. And, you know, Steve mentioned, uh, you know, this amazing cast that you have in here. Did you write for this cast? I mean, it, it's so specific with, with obviously uh, Dustin Hoffman and his son and, and Sissy Spacek and her daughter, both playing son and daughter and, and mother, sorry, son and father and mother and, uh, and daughter. Uh, did, did you write for them? Well, you know, initially I did not write knowing that I was going to get who the cast that I got. Um, so, uh, but once I did, once the four of them were on, uh, I, I really like collaborating and that was part of approaching them. You know, I had this script that initially got them interested, but I was really, um, interested in, in working on their characters together and, and their backstory. And, you know, you know, this kind of happened when it first got Dustin, it was 2019, so it was pre-pandemic. And then once Jake and Sissy and Skylar came on, it was... When Sissy and Skylar came on, we were in the full-on lockdown. Um, so it gave us time to, you know, I, I took advantage of that time of being kind of isolated to have conversations with the four of them about their characters and about, you know, their, where they'd come from. And it was wonderful because we would talk about story and character. And then we were also candid about our, our own personal lives. And those would kind of interweave and we would start to find different truths that um, that made uh, the cast feel even um, more grounded in, in, the, in the characters and such. So initially, I did not write this for them. But once they were there, we started to work, workshop their characters and work the script. And um, yeah, so that's probably what you're feeling. Yeah, where did you, when did you start writing it? And what was the process of getting, you know, initially Dustin attached in 2019? Because it feels like, I mean, a lot of times with indie films, especially, it's like getting that first cast attachment is very difficult. And that's really where the, the film begins to really take shape and have a life of life. Yeah, so uh, seven years ago was the first, I, I drafted the first script of this, uh, the first draft. Um, my wife was working in Montreal. And it was, I had written another script that I was trying to get off the ground. Uh, and it was actually my wife's suggestion. She's like, you know, I think you need to write the next day. Uh, and so I wrote, yeah, seven years ago. And then um, through those years, we'd had uh, table reads with different casts and such. And then at a certain point, uh, the decision was kind of made to, to 
to try and you know shoot for the moon with the cast and and to go to dust and I we were able to get uh, the script to his agent and she read it and really liked it for him and then, so then when he read it and responded and we're getting the text we were in New York I think we we're getting ready to step into a play me and me and, the, and my girls and. And I got a text that Dustin was interested. And so I immediately called the agent. I was like, listen, I'm a first-time director. I'm sure he'll have questions. I want to know any concerns. I want to lay those to rest. So I'd love to sit down and meet with him. Uh, and I was fortunate enough that he agreed. And we had a lunch, the first lunch meeting. And I remember him sitting down and going, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, and, and I was like, I, 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 yeah. And I was like, I have, I have, hopefully I'll have all the answers you need. And, you know, then we had a sour conversation, uh, much like I was saying that I had had once the other cast came on. We just kind of hit it off and we started talking about who Bill was and then you know, his history and the story. And, and then Dustin, you know, would talk to me about his life and, you know, what, you know, some of the stuff with his father and, and vice versa. And we just had a really good meeting. And from that, I think I had another meeting with him. And then we did the table read with Dustin um, and the cast was different at that point. Uh, it was there was something electric about the table read, and everybody was excited after it. And that was really exciting because then he hung out. Uh, you know, I had it at my home, and he hung out for about an hour after because there was something. We were like, "Oh, there was something here," you know. <clears throat> and so, post that, I had one more meeting with him, and I was like, "I just remember meeting him for lunch, and him saying, you know, I really want to help you with this thing.'" And I was like, "Well, Dustin, you, you got to play Bill. That's how you can help me. That's how you can help me." Uh, you know, get the film made, and I think it was just having a couple of times of being pretty bold with him. Uh, but but honestly, we just we we kind of it was nice because from the first meeting we had a bit of a rapport, and we really got on. And um, he knew that I really knew the story. I think that was part of it. Writing it, I was really confident about what I wanted to story I wanted to tell, and uh, Dustin picked up on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you hit the COVID, I mean, you hit the, I mean, everyone hit the big COVID wall of uh, production coming up. So, I mean, did that delay you guys? Were you planning to film before that or did it end up being uh, kind of an advantage? Because it sounds like, yeah, because... go ahead. No, no. And yeah, I, I actually, um, it, it, it's interesting because in the middle of all that, I was super stressed because I had dust and I had this other cast. It would have been a completely different film. They wanted, you know, we were at the time we were with a different financier, and they we were going to shoot in Canada. And I was like, wait, this is meant to be in the middle of the country. So there's a lot of things going on. And then when the, you know, I think we, I had lost all of my cast before the pandemic hit, except for Dustin. And then I remember it was one of the producers, Orion Williams, had suggested uh, Jake to play Sam. And so we met Jake, and the minute he sat down and started talking, I was kind of Lord, because I like I wrote this. It's like I wrote it for him, and he just happened to be Dustin's son, you know. Yeah. Um, which I'd asked Dustin before we went. I was like, "How would you feel about working with your son?" And then he, I, he really liked the idea. So um, then, yeah, then the pandemic hit. It halted everything. We ended up leaving the financing company that we were with, and I knew that Dustin and Jake were committed. And at the time, we were looking for Tina and uh, uh, Kate, you know, who were going to play those, and we had discussions about, and I, you know, I always knew that I wanted to work with Sissy. She's from Texas. I just thought she would be so right for the role. Um, and, and I had friends that were friendly with, with her and her daughter and, uh, we were able to get them the script. And, That's amazing. Yeah, so we took advantage of, 
yeah, we took advantage of the pandemic. So, so did, that, did that did that influence? That uh, you, you were originally going to film in Canada, and you ended up filming in Georgia. Is that correct? Was that was that influenced by the pandemic, yeah, or how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, I think I knew before the pandemic hit. I wasn't really, and I love Canada. I actually re- I wrote both of my scripts. The first, the first two scripts I wrote were in Canada. I, lo- I it's just something I love Vancouver. I love Montreal. I love Canada. I haven't been all over. So yeah, it, it just I I was a little apprehensive because I knew the setting. I actually wanted to, you know, somewhere in the middle of the Bible Belt is where it was meant to be. Right. And so not being in Toronto, yeah, I'd never been to Toronto. I'm like, well, I know they film a lot of stuff there, but I was. It would feel very city. It'd be just kind of a different, uh, yeah, different kind of vibe. I think. Yeah. And you it would have been a different that. vibe. It would have been a different movie. You feel the town so much. It's it's really a character in this movie. You know, it's such a personal movie and intimate movie in so many ways. And the town is kind of part of that. I actually wanted to ask about your experience filming in that mm-hmm. town. Was this uh, was this one of these cases where the uh, the town kind of opened up and embraced the film? Or I mean, there's so yeah, many. There are scenes lots of different locations all yeah. over the town. Uh, how, how did it go working uh, working in Georgia and working in that town? Yeah, well, we had uh, so one of uh, Ben Shieldcat and one of the producers had mentioned uh, through another, I think uh, through acquaintance, he had mentioned this town, um, and we went down. We we did a scout, uh, thinking this was probably twenty twenty one. We went and did a scout, and the minute I got to the town, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like." Uh, it was almost kind of like when I met uh, in a bank. It was the same feeling. I was like, this is very serendipitous. This feels right. Uh, and the town, you know, they've got the Thomasville Pictures, a small company there, and they're, you know, they're promoting independent films. And it was nice. They, they, they showed, you know, showed us around, and um, we were there for a few days. And then I remember leaving, and there was a period in time where we didn't know if we we're going to have that location. I was like, oh man, we're so ahead of the game. I hope we get to go back and shoot there because it just, the town felt right. Yeah. I mean, um, in independent films too, yeah, especially I mean, yeah. like even more, not that it doesn't matter in L things, but especially in, if the, if the set and the location is chosen correctly, that's almost 50% of the battle for like art and like, you know, production design and all of that. Cause it, it actually fully. exists. Yeah. Was, was everything and, and also on location? what was great about it. I will say about Everything, yeah, everything was practical. Everything was on location. And I got to say, like, it was one of the things that was great about shooting that town is everything was close. You know, when you don't have a whole lot of money, company moves and all this other stuff, it, it adds mm-hmm. up. And so it was great. Everything was really, I can't give you an approximate, but I would say everything was within, like, three miles. Yeah, that's cl- everything was super close. The production office. Yeah, it was amazing. I had a scooter. I would scoot to, <laughs> to work every day. And, yeah, but that was know, mostly for fun. One of our locations was literally a, yeah, so it was just fun. And, 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 you know, to save money. So I was like, I don't need a rental car. I can see everywhere. And uh, there was also a, a park that one of the locations we shot at was like right across from the production office. It was great. Um, you know, and the last, like there's a scene where Amy Kay are walking down a long sidewalk. And that was right outside the production office. Everything was really close. So that was a gift. That's amazing. So what was your production schedule like? Um, knowing, I mean, especially working with larger names, it's something to be very intimidating to like get them and especially, you know, uh, you know, people of different, um, you know, uh, uh, timings and needs on set, like being able to work around that kind of schedule. Like how many days did you end up, you know, filming? Well, it, it, you know, we ended up, we, uh, we, before we went out there, we were, we were going to have like 25 days or something like this. 
So initially we were hoping to get around 30. And then, then it got whittled down to 23, I think. And I'm like, okay. And then we get out there, first week of production, I was told I had 20 days to shoot the film. Uh, and I think at that moment I was like, okay, that's a little stressful only because I've got, <laughs> you know, like you yeah. mentioned, Dustin and Sissy and he's got like, I need to work an 80 something year old man to oh, That's not okay. You know? Yeah. So I was concerned about the, yeah, I was concerned about that for sure. I think the saving grace is what we have been discussing is that I had basically, you know, almost three years with Dustin and at least a year and a half, almost two years with this and Skyler on working on the project with them. So that was uh, invaluable. Um, I knew early on uh, after having a, certain, like a few conversations, I was like, Oh, I think I know. I think, like, I remember leaving a meeting with Dustin going, I think I know how I'm going to like direct him, which was a weird thing to even consider. Uh, I tried not to think about it too much, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean that's like, to be... I, I, you know, it, it, could, it could be pretty overwhelming, yeah. Right, um, I mean, yeah, it could be very, <laughs> turned very cerebral where it's, that's not. It's mostly intuitive and, you know, strong communication, right? Yeah, yeah, fully. And they were great like that. So I think having that time period before we actually got to Georgia was imperative. And it, and it really helped us, even with this fast schedule. And, you know... um because you'd love you'd always love to get more coverage um but you only have so much time um but i will say the cast did their work they showed up they showed up to work and it was it, it, you know we made our days because of the hard work um so frank demarco he shot the film right yeah okay great so i mean there's something I wanted to talk a little bit about how you guys set up. He, he shoots a lot of kind of play adaptations, and I will say there's a very, kind of a theatrical feeling with the performance, I think probably because of the, the, the style of performers that are in it. Um, but was that a consideration? And how, how did you guys, because you also began and still are an actor, correct? And I believe you do, do you do theater stuff? I don't know why. My question here is, was it, it feels sort of theatrical in a, in a sense, um, if that makes sense. Was there any... Yeah. Yeah, you know, why? Why is that from your? Or is that just in, unintentional? Do you think there's a reason for that? Um, theatrical, in I, I, I in uh, in the way that you feel like it's um, like it has room, uh, like it has room know, to breathe. Wanted, it really has a character yeah. emphasis. You know what I mean? A lot of times, films can have the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, I hear what you're saying now. It's, it's yeah. I always the first that I wanted it to be a character study for sure. You know, there's always kind of coming of age, people going through major changes in their life. But usually, typically, they were all in high school, leaving high school, going to you know what it's going to be like in the real world. I loved those movies, and I think in my mind, like, what would it feel like if we just aged everybody up? Because mm. we're all you know midlife. What does it look like when you're midlife and you've already had those 15, 20 years, whatever it is, post high school or how? We've had a life. What you know? What would that look like? So it was a bit of that. And then uh, Frankie DeMarco. You know, we'd inter- interviewed a few different um, VPs, and, and this was during the lockdown as well. And so we had a Zoom with with Frankie. I, my, I, I leaned towards Frankie. He had done a film. I think it's called All Is Lost. Forgive me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. That yeah, no, that's with, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Robert, Robert Robert Redford. Redford. Yeah, yeah, it was Robert Redford who who, who was a, a legend in his own right. Uh, you know, and and a bit older, and he, you know, just to him on the boat, 
and that alone, I was like, I got to meet this guy. <laughs> I got to meet this dude being shot this. But also, you know, knowing how to work with somebody of, of that caliber was important to me, especially this being my first outing. I wanted to have, I wanted to surround myself with people that um, had worked with these type of uh, actors before. Uh, and um, and also, like, there was a certain sense of certain feel of how I wanted to look. Uh, you know, I mentioned those early kind of, um, and even you know, I, uh, Junebug, I'm super. I, I remember first time I saw Junebug, I was like, "This is beautiful." Um, uh, so there's something about encapsulating those kind of feelings, and I felt like after talking with Frankie, I think he also complimented me. I I sent him over. I store I storyboarded for years uh, in LA, and so I had I had some drawings. I think he'd seen them, and I think he compared me to some director in our first meeting. I was like, "Oh, you win." <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask yeah, about I was, that. I was, I was, I was really, yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're, you're, I, I believe, Sorry, go ahead. and forgive me here. You're, you're, an, yeah, you're an artist, visual artist, obviously beyond just a filmmaker. You, you do also illustrations and drawing. I mean, I, we'll talk more about your upcoming project later with John Patrick Shanley, but I was going to ask about your storyboarding process and how that worked for you and how you and, um, you, you know, the team all kind of got behind storyboards or did you let the actors kind of, you know, come on set and determine their own staging? What? A, a, a great question. Um, early on, everyone had seen the drawings. I'd actually had done a, uh, like a mock kind of animatic mm. when we were first trying to get investors of Bill in the market, the opening of itself. And it was all hand-drawn, like, but it was him moving through. It was basically like an animatic of that opening sequence. Um, I can't, the way I write, I have to see it. I'm so visual. Mm. I've always drawn a wood and arts again, you know, painting, drawing, sculpting. Uh, so writing, I, I visually had to see it. And that I had storyboarded in the past. It, I think it only helped, you know, even on set or on the set, um, I'd have maybe or something more be like, no, wait, hang on, what are we doing? It? Or if I was with Frankie, the DP, I would just sit, I would turn the sides over and I'd do a little frame. I'd be like, I'm thinking about this. And I would draw the, the shot out. And then, you know, in the production office, because I'd been with this for so many years, I had drawn out, even not knowing the locations per se, at that point, in my mind, I had drawn out what I thought potential shots and how sequences could play out. And so that was good for Frankie to see that visually. And then we could par a parlay off of that and be like, what if we came over here instead of right there where you're thinking, always open. I love, I love collaborating. I don't, you know. Yeah, um, great. I think I, that I don't problem... think there's any bad ideas. I think there's, yeah. I think that that's probably what I mean by like it feeling sort of, I don't know, theatrical. It feels very organic. Like it doesn't want to, wasn't a lot of like director's hand in like. No, it doesn't feel overcut. It feels right. like you're watching the moment play out. And, and you know, and we come from the theater yeah. as well. So we're, we're used to, and now we're in film production. So it's like we see both sides and there's something great and beautiful, obviously, to, you know, overcutting things. But. Uh, you know, there's something really nice and intimate about seeing these scenes play out and breathe like you do in this movie. Thanks that, for saying that. Yeah, I, I've always... Yeah, go ahead. Did, did that come through in some of the production, uh, the production style and technique that, like you're talking about with your shot listing, um, the fireworks scene in particular, there's a beautiful scene that where where they're watching a, a fireworks did did that happen? Did you how did you film that? Did, was that actual practical or or how did that come about? I 
oh man, I wish. I really, I think we fought to try to get the, the, the town or, or what have you to, to actually do a fireworks. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I, I was watching. It looked so yeah. good. I was like, well, in, how in a small they, town like this, this, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Uh, guys over at Buffalo, they, you know, they did a really good job with it. They really did. And, um, uh, yeah, that location is great. I just remember the first time we found that location with the bench, and we, you know, we obviously put the bench in there. So but, um, and uh, a little sidebar of that, I, I do remember the last day we were shooting was the that that scene, the New Year's Eve scene between uh, Sam and Kay, where they're sitting out there and watching the you know the fireworks that would be put in later. But um, I told them I was like, it's going to be up there, and there's going to be a reflection, this and that. But uh, what was fun about that is we also, that day, we also shot, um, you know, Jake on the bridge. He's over on the bridge kind of looking into the water, and there's that whole little montage that comes later in the film. But uh, I remember we had set the camera up. To, it was our last shot was that whole sequence with them on the bench. And we set the camera up, and it was still daylight. And I looked at Frank, and I said, time lapse. Let's, let's, let's just grab this. Time lapse that. Mm-hmm. And that was when we were there. I was like, oh, wait, shoot that. Let it roll. And so we time elapsed the bench, which we ended up using in the film. And I was just like, that kind of stuff, that gets me so excited in the moment, like looking and going, oh, wait, let's grab, you know, or whether, you know, there's a moment with, with Jake and, you know, Sammy's out there on his break and a worm, you know, he picked up the worm and the worm was crawling and, and everybody was waiting for him. I was like, no, 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 shoot that, <laughs> shoot that right now. Shoot him with the worm, it's gold. It's hey, gold, you got you know? 20 days, um, right? I mean, you got to get everything. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anything that's that happens right. organically. That's right. yeah, so yeah, that was the yeah. last scene you guys shot. I mean, that's sort of been, without giving things away too much about the film, that's an act two yeah. where things are kind of, you know, yeah. going in a, in the, in a good direction yeah. for the characters. So that's a, what a fun scene to get yeah. to go out on production. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you get to go out on like the high point rather than yeah. having to go out on the contentious ones. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was really great. That was really great, and it was wonderful. And and yeah, uh, to your point, I I love like so that like, Jake or the actors would come to me, and even that scene, Skyler and Jake had an idea. He's like, hey, let, we we come up with just a couple. You know, I wasn't so precious about my words, so as long as we were still on the track, head in the direction that we needed to head, I was fine. You know, I, I wanted to hear what. Um, and in that particular one, uh, Jake was. Jake and Skyler were like, hey, we just have a couple of different things we were saying here. We wanted to run it by you. She thought about it. And, the, and the, the lines about it being years and the, you know, the fresh notebook, and that's because she owns the thing. That was those guys. That was those guys. And they, they ran it. They, they ran it once. And I was like, I love it. I love it. And I think, like, most of what was scripted was about, like, New Year's and it being, you know, um, time for change and that kind of thing, a fresh start. And then they just kind of... Uh, parlayed on that and I, I just I love those kind of, I love that kind of interaction and that kind of collaboration I think it just you get more than you ever thought you might you know Staying on collaboration and just my last nitty gritty question about technique, because I think a lot of our listeners do like to hear about, you know, uh, the production technique. Uh, how did you film uh, the roller skating yeah. scene? There's a scene where, where everyone's roller skating, the camera's moving with the skaters. Were, were you out there on, on dollies or, or did someone get on skates or how did that come about? Yeah, they had it. They actually had like a little rig, uh, a little like kind of rig on wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that yeah and and um fortunately that roller rink was gigantic it's the biggest roller rink i think i've ever been in and it wasn't uh typically a you know ovular kind of it was a big 
massive rectangle with no walls, no surrounding walls, which oh, wow. the first time we scouted that, I got really excited. Yeah, I got excited because I was like, you know, every roller rink you go to, you have those blockade walls around mm-hmm. it. This one had none of it. So I was like, oh my gosh, it opened us up. To, I was like, there's all kinds of possibilities of how we can shoot this because we don't have anything blocked, even if we go low. So that was really exciting about the location. But yeah, they, they had this kind of real grade on the rink. Um, you're okay. Um, my wife is wrapping some opening bags and then she's very nervous. She's making so much noise. I'm like, I think. Uh, but yeah, so that was a lot of fun. That that day was a lot of fun. I actually had fun with that too. They got to put on skates. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, something, everybody's favorite thing is a grip on wheels. You know, put a grip on a pair of ice skates or a, or a pair of rollerblades and let them go around and move <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, and yeah, he had a, he had a scooter on set okay. too, so this is a theme now. <laughs> That's right. A little computer, yeah. <laughs> so jumping ahead into um, the, the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to jump ahead a little bit and like, so now once the film gets done, how long, what did you guys do post-production? Um, and where did you edit it and, you know, finish it all up? And how long did that all take you all? Uh, I edited here in LA at a little editing house. Um, uh, and initially when we were done with the... Uh, with the initial shooting, you know, editor Dominic Lapierre, who's fantastic, um, and uh, Ruben Naparo, two editors, very talented guys. Um, I was, he, he was like, okay, so you're going to come back, uh, you know, three days from now, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm leaving. I'm going out of town with my wife and my daughter. I'm going to give you, like, you get your editor cut. I'm going to give you an extra week. And so that was, it's almost kind of like when we were working, I love to see what, you know, we have a, you set it up and see what happens and something will do something like that's incredible. And it was very much that way with the editors. Uh, I, I wanted them to have like three rounds of take along the way when we were shooting, by the way, I would get like daily at the end of the day. And I remember the first time I got uh, three or four scenes cut together uh, that we'd shot from Dominic. And I remember looking at them and going, Oh my God, like, this guy, it's, I hadn't even fully communicated with him, and he had already cut together the stuff how I'd seen it. Um, so I knew I had something special with the editors as well. You know, and my hope is I get to, I get to, I get the opportunity to, you know, I want to work with those guys again. They're brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, so yeah, edited out. I came back. I was here for a couple of months. I want to say a couple of months, maybe. It was pretty fast, to be honest. We didn't have a whole lot of time. Um, but I think giving the editor that extra week and a half or what it was to kind of lock in their cut was really good because I was, they made some kind of choices that got me excited. That's great. I had not quite seen certain things. Yeah, it was fun. Editing, I loved that stuff. Editing, you know, is such a scary thing, especially on a, on a feature whenever you're just getting into the scenes because you never know, you know, what, what you've, uh, what you've created on set and the ideas you had and if they're ever going to translate. So having an editor you can trust that has ideas and brings something to the table, man, that's a, that's a great, great get. Oh my gosh. I couldn't believe it. And I didn't, I had interviewed him before I'd interviewed Dominic before, uh, you know, we, we started to work and I, and I loved what he had done with, uh, with Alma and, and honey. And worked on that. Um, but he was super fun. Yeah, it was great. What a gift. Um, that's amazing so you guys um the, the 
coming up, we have a theatrical release coming up uh, from the time we're filming this. This is just in a few days on November 11th with a VOD scheduled to hit on November 18th. That's through Vertical. So how did you guys get, you know, paired up? How did you find your your distribution, your festival plan? Like how once the film was done, what was the process of getting it to be here? I will hand that over to that is basically my incredible the two my two uh closest producers, uh Orion Williams and Ben Shokal and those two guys were uh fought for the film, you know, uh, much like the editor, I, I, if I get to, if this is the beginning of me getting to make a bunch of films, I hope I get to work with those guys on every wall. They were incredible to work with. They helped uh, with getting the film, you know, um, submitted to the different festivals. Uh, yeah, just tirelessly working uh, and supporting. They, it, that was the one thing that was really I mean, one of the several things that was so exciting about this is that everybody that came on, this was, <laughs> you weren't getting paid. <laughs> you weren't getting a lot of money for this. It was, it was a lot of, everybody had connected to it or had responded to the script. Uh, and so there was this, you know, even as it was a familial with the cast, it felt that way with the crew. And I think once we got there and everybody knew that this was the cast that was coming, we all knew that it was something really special. Um, and so the so the crew, you know, worked long hours and tirelessly and, and um, because they believed in the project. And, and I think it shows. You know? Yeah, that's like the, the, the family that independent film, I mean, creates. I mean, this, you guys shot in, filmed yeah. it, yeah, filmed it February 2022. And here we are in November. Where you I and mean, you premiered Austin Film Festival, correct, in October, and then now hitting theaters a month later. That is quite a timeline to yeah. have uh, laid out there. To, I mean, that's more like television. <laughs> fast. It's insanely fast. Yeah, insanely fast. And to back up really quick, too, you said something about editing. I will say I learned so much, and it was also a process where it was, it was fun, but I think it was one of the most painful processes, too. Because you know, I was faced with things that either shots that I didn't get, or uh, you know, other things that happened that you know, like, I thought we had this or that, and, and so that was painful to go in and be like, I don't have all this or that. But there's only a few people, you know, knowing this now, watching the film, you're like, what would he, you know, what is he missing here? But it's it was just a growing process, you know. But I felt like. The editing part was probably the most painful. Absolutely. I mean, that's such a, it, it is, it is the truth teller, you know what I mean? Where your ideas become real and you see how close you were or why they don't work or why, oh, this should have been a little longer, a little shorter, yeah. you know, or why did we do it this way? Yeah. You know, just all, it's a whole learning process, but I mean, I think you did a great job. I mean, being the first film, you, you've, you've checked a lot of Thank you. huge check marks off the list. Um, that are really, you know, really impressive. Well, thanks for saying that. Of course, man. Of course. So, I mean, on that note, Thank when you, you. What, if thanks. you had, you know, like going back, what what did you learn from doing this? This being your first one, assuming, I mean, I know you're you're working on other projects coming up, but assuming you're going to direct another one, you'd yeah. like to. What what would you? Is there anything you'd approach yeah. differently? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, there's there's a there's there's a lot. I mean, I think. Um, I think coverage. That's mm. the thing. If you can, I think it's, it's, but it's also, I think 
as, as planned out and as mapped out as we were, um, I think having, you know, I think like it, having a good shot list and knowing what you're shooting that day is great, but then also being open to, to picking up stuff how we did. Um, but I would probably, I think, I think if anything, approaching it, the next project, um, you know, my hope is to have a few more days and a little bit more money. <laughs> um, <laughs> Always the case. Always the case. That's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's, 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 that's what my producer told me to do. That's going to be always, you're always going to want that. Um, I think, yeah, I think, um, probably more, to be honest, more coverage, more coverage of stuff. And then I, I know I've actually said this. I'm like, Ooh, the next film, I'm going to have a list. And even if we have like a, uh, a second camera just for a week, depending on what the, what the budget is, I don't know. They've got more than one camera. We only have one camera on this one. If I had a second camera, I'd have like a list of B-roll stuff. I actually love B-roll. I love little details. Hmm. You know, details of things that we, we, get, we get in B-roll. So I think the next outing, I would want to have like a good B-roll. So when I get into editing, I'm like, oh, I just had, it's just more, it's almost like more, you have more paint, to, more different colors to play with. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I more think having a, yeah, yeah. having a second camera is, is enormous. Like a, a lot of people, especially in the film world, don't, don't really like it. I'm a strong advocate for it. I, I really think if you have a really strong creative, I mean, they're almost kind of closer to a second unit director, like a B camera operator. Cause you're kind of saying, Hey, here's what the scene is. Here's what I'm really going for. But you're looking for them to bring you something surprising and something from a different, you know, something different than what you've got planned. And man, that's really, it, it's pretty yeah. rushes when they can do it. Oh my gosh. It's the best. I can't imagine like that stuff is really, I get excited about that stuff. I'm kind of a geek for the details, but um, especially if someone would surprise me with the with the, you know um, shots that you might not have uh, or been on the list or thought about. But yeah, I think between it's like off the top of my head, it's, it's that and it's like more coverage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Play with. Now, speaking of the future, uh, what yeah. do you have coming up next? I wrote and I'm rewriting, uh, which I'm very excited about. I wrote uh, a psychological thriller. I love that genre. I love horror films. I love, I, I used to love them even more when I was younger, but um, this one is kind of, I mean, if I could, if I'm saying that initially when I wrote Sam and Kate, it was based off of like a, a John Hughes kind of Cameron Crowe thing. This uh, next project, which is entitled tentatively, it's entitled The Pool, um, would be, I think probably the heavily, the, the biggest influence is like the shine, that kind of mm where a parental figure is meant to be, uh, you know, it's scary when <laughs> parents go crazy. Yeah. yeah um, that's great. Yeah. That's kind of, there's, there's that. And I've got a few others. There's like a list. I have like three or four projects, um, that I'm looking at that I want to do, but I think that, I think that, I think psychological thriller will be the next one. That's man. That's super exciting. So, um, where where should people come that want to see your next project? Where should we come follow you and find out about what you got going on next? Yeah, or or more about this one. Yeah, or more about this one. Yeah, exactly. Oh uh, well, I have. I mean, I have an Instagram page which I guess I post every once in a while too about about uh, you know if there's new scenes that come out or uh, <clears throat> things you know or, <laughs> excuse me reviews or trailers or uh, or whatnot. I'll definitely it's just Darren McDowell on Instagram and I. I tend to be pretty active on that. Um, right. what, what's the handle there? With this stuff and yeah, 
it's just my full name, Darren Legallo, D-A-R-R-E-N-L-E-G-A-L-L-O. And it's Instagram. And I, 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 do, I post a lot of art there on there as well. Sometimes it's family stuff. But um, yeah, when it comes to these projects and upcoming things, I'll, I'll be, I'll definitely be posting a lot uh, about that stuff. Okay, great. Get it out there. We'll look for it. Well, uh, you know, the first thing that everyone can look for is this movie, Sam and Kate. It's a perfect holiday film. It's going to be available uh, all over on November 18th on Video On Demand. But go to the theater if you can see it. November yeah, 11th. True, true. I mean, films and theaters. That's where you're supposed to watch them. Oh, yeah. Go check it out. No, totally. It, it's the best. Yeah. Thanks, guys. No, it's great in the theater. So dude, much fun in the theater. It's sure. great getting to talk to you, Darren. Thank you so much for taking Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It was lovely talking to you. Filmmaking is a collaborative experience, and so is this podcast. Please take a second to subscribe so you know about future episodes, and leave a review. It really does help us. For more info about today's guest, please visit independentfilmmakersguide.com, where you can check out all our episodes that run the gamut of filmmaking topics. Hey friends, we just wanted to take a quick moment to talk about two personal things. First, We wanted to thank you, our listening community, and our wonderful guests, learning so much together along the way and continuing to learn, sharing our stories, making a lot of new friends, and collaborating, which is exactly what this is all about. Which also brings me to my second point. In great part to many of these new relationships, we wanted to let you know that we've taken a lot of this advice ourselves and made our own narrative feature film, Heard. H-E-R-D, Heard, which is premiering this October on Friday the 13th in select theaters as well as on VOD. Personally, I think it's the perfect kind of scary movie to watch during our favorite scary season. So we'd love for you to celebrate with us and watch Heard. You can pre-order it on Apple TV and of course do the communal thing, see it in theaters. Of course, for all of this, please see our show notes, but basically we're going to keep it all updated at herd.film. That's H-E-R-D dot F-I-L-M, herd.film as well. Thank you again. And be sure to give us a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to build this community and collaborate. IFG, how movies get made.